What's up, you dirtbags? Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our day one supporters, Kinetic Leasing. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you've definitely heard us talk about them. Uh, they are our go-to team for money questions and also getting approved for financing. Uh, not only do they help us, but they help many others that listen to the podcast get approved for financing. It's an application only financing up to $250,000 on approved credit. Uh, they have fast approvals and you can save cash with no money down. At the very least, just give them a call, see what you can get approved for, and then check your rates. A couple ways you can reach out to them. You can give their office a call. It's at 701-476-0221. Just make sure to mention that the Dirtbag sent you and uh, they'll definitely help you out. And then you can also email them, sales at kineticlease.com. We also have all of their information on the Dirt Bags podcast website. So go check them out, tell them we sent you, and uh, let's get into it. All right, what's up, you Dirt Bags? My name is Luke Eggerbrotten. We are back in studio here. We've got the other Dirt Bag, Mr. Luke Payne. Mr. Dirt Bag, Cheers, brother. Cheers to number two podcast of the night. Yes, sir. Second one. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up after this, but I don't mind actually recording two in a night. It, it uh, it's kind of fun. I, I feel like we're already we're already rolling, and uh, might as well just roll into the second one. Well, we get through like our like catching up, you and I, with like the first first podcast, and then the second podcast. It's all business. Yeah, I feel like. And that's what we did on this first one. We kind of just hit record and then caught up on there. And so yeah. maybe we'll do more of that too, because a lot of times we just catch up for 45 minutes and we don't record it. And maybe we'll do kind of like a recap thing where we record that, put it out as a bonus episode, then just head right into a rant. So that would uh, be a good one. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I know kind of as we were talking and you'd sent me a couple texts um, on our next rant episode, uh, this one is a little bit more about being the owner. Um, it's a lot different than, you know, uh, what we grew up with because, you know, now that you own the company and you're growing, uh, there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more stuff you have to put up with and deal with. Obviously the ceiling's a lot higher and that's, I think part of the reason why we're in this business, but, um, there's a lot more you have to deal with. And I think a lot more that people don't see. So, um, it can be, frustrating at times when I think people take it for granted or they're, they feel entitled to something that you've been setting up or working for. But, you know, what have you seen in the last, you know, cause you've what owned black iron since 2018 and now it's kind of morphed yep. into Western. So Western. that gives you five years. I mean, how is that, how has being the owner changed over the last five years? Dude, the biggest, like biggest change probably came within the last like year and a half obviously taking on more equipment, taking on more personalities, taking on, you know, more responsibility, taking on more headaches. That's kind of when there was like a big shift where it's like, yeah. okay, this is a completely different company than it was a while ago. But like, I haven't heard anybody kind of go into like the owner's aspect of things. And I don't think a lot of people understand what owners do go through. You know, yeah. I know when I sent you that text, I don't remember the situation, but I was fired up because I even spelled bear wrong, like an actual, uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be B-A-R-E and I said B-A or B-E-A-R. So I was fired up, but being the owner, like there's a, there's a lot that goes into it that people don't see. And it's kind of hard to be vulnerable about it too. Like 
for instance, um, I'm trying to think of some examples that I had in my head. Um, what is, what's the word here? Effort. Okay. We'll start with effort. So me as an owner, right? I have a certain effort that I want to see the guys uphold. Okay. I can't always be there for, to hold their hand, to, you know, constantly watch over them. I just have to hope and expect that they're going to give me the effort that they expect of me. Right. But if say something happens, people are slacking off. We're not really thinking on projects. We're just kind of, we're just kind of there showing up. We're not being effective. We're not being efficient. Okay. Whatever that just kind of gets brushed under the, under the rug. What people don't understand, like, Hey, I can't do that to you guys. So the expectation has to be a two-way street. It can't just be, I have to be perfect with you guys all the time. Right. Right. You have to try to be perfect for me too, because it is a, it is, like I said, it is a two-way street. This company does not survive off of one person, the owner. It survives off of the company working together. And I feel like that gets taken granted for a lot because a lot of people don't really think about that. And I get it. If you're there to get a check, right? You're probably not thinking about, oh, am I making the company money? Oh, am I yeah. am I doing the best thing for the company? And that's that's okay. But like your key guys, if you want to grow and if you want to excel, if you want to make a career out of things, that's what you should really be looking at. Okay, how how can I provide value to this company? Okay, here's my problem. What can I figure out instead of you know a million phone calls to the owner trying to figure out well, what do I do? Let me see if I can critically think for myself. You know, that's a big thing. That's one of the instances. Yeah. When, when did that start? And I was going to say, what was the tipping point? Because, you know, you said a year and a half, it really changed. But, you know, when you go back a little bit further from, you know, when you started in 2018, it's just kind of doing stuff on the side, yep. getting to know everything. But like, when did you start to realize that you needed others with you um, within the company to, you know, to get you to that next level? You, you know that kind of right away, right? When you're doing the work, because as an owner at that time and stage, you are there to put in the hours yourself, right? Yep. You are not self-employed. You are employed by your job, right? You are there to do the work. You are the one that has to provide a great result. In order for you to grow out of that stage, you need people to do that work for you. So you can take back on or, you know, take different responsibilities on as the owner while still, you know, kind of building up that reputation of yours, building up that work ethic of how you want things to be done because it is your company, right? And then once you get, I don't know, say you get to that 20, 25 employee range, that's when you start to deal with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different perspectives because there's, you know, say people don't work well with others, but they're on the same crew. They're not right. going to be efficient with each other. So you almost have to be... Cole and I always joke, like we're HR, we're not business owners, we're HR because we yeah. hear about the complaints and it's, it's trying to configure everybody with what they want to do and, you know, who they want to work with to be most efficient. And that's a struggle in itself as well. So, so yeah, like when you're talking about that and you talk about obviously HR, like you and Cole don't have experience in HR, but now you can say you probably do. I mean, over the last couple of years. So when at what point do you hire that out and like get somebody in that is maybe an HR expert or is that like so far down the road that it's hard to even imagine? Dude, full transparency. I would not hire somebody to do that job because yeah. that would be a constant revolving door, right? It is, 
Cole and I see it as problems within our company that we have to address and we want to make better because it is our company. If we put somebody in that position and they had to listen to the problems, try to figure out all of these different avenues to make everybody happy, they would go insane. So I don't think I will ever hire that position out. I think that is Cole and I's responsibility to kind of head. Yeah. Do you think it's different for industry? Like, do you think construction is different in that case? I think, I think excavation is different in that case. Yeah. Cause like you can be, you can be a builder and you can have a head of HR. Right. And then that all deals into, well, this person said this to me, okay, let's bring you together and figure yeah. out how we can work better and that type of thing where it's the excavation world. It's not like that. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a brotherhood in a way to where you have to know what's going on to really speak that language. And you can't yeah. just hire somebody in and say, you're the HR. And then they come with these complaints and they have no idea what they're talking about. You know, that's just throwing dollars out. That's there, there's, in my opinion, there's no need for that to where again, Cole and I, we are the business. We need to try to make the business. The th- problems that come to us need to be addressed by us. So why yeah. would we not take on that role? Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. And especially, you know, even like respect with the crews, uh, you know, you're, they're talking to you and they ideally would hold themselves to a higher standard when talking to the business owner uh, that is making the decisions of their pay, their whether they have a job there or not, you know, everything. And so um, that definitely makes sense. And I, I do feel like it it is different per industry because I feel like even in my business, like, there's a lot of stuff that like, I don't need to answer, right? Like it's pretty systemized of like, you know, somebody else could take over that job. And where I see like in your business, it probably makes a lot more sense to have you and Cole at the forefront of most of those issues. Well, if we're at the forefront of it, we can, we can either nip it in the butt and fix it right away, or we can figure out, okay, how do we want to address this? You know, this is a bigger problem than, you know, what it should be. How can we immediately fix it type thing? Yeah. So I've got a question for you. So this has come up, you know, kind of in our business, uh, I'd say in the last year, you know, we just have a lot more transactions this year, uh, which has been great. We're growing. Um, and I have always just handled payment stuff and handled delinquent payments and, yep. uh, chasing people, making sure they get paid, but it's kind of, you know, as the numbers grow, like the number of accounts grow to number of delinquent accounts and the num the old, um, past due accounts and all that. And so I was thinking about that today. I'm like, uh, at what point, or is there a point where I don't do that? And does, I'm curious from your perspective, like if you still do that, and then if there's a point where you don't do that. I still help. Right. So it is, it's Becky's job to be doing that. I gotcha. She, She watches our monthly registry of billables she takes in all of our payables, puts them in a spreadsheet, itemizes them per project, right? To help yeah. the project tracking. She's got a day counter. Okay, this one's 28 days. This one's 15 days. You know, what are what are the terms based on those invoices? I will still like, like I'll collect payments from people yeah. because, you know, say, you know, say come the end of the month and you're like, hey, I need to get some deposits in here. We have a lot of bills that we need to pay in the next week. You know, then yeah, I'll get on the horn and say, hey, where's, where's our invoice at? Can you give us an update on this? Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think I'll ever let go of that just because I feel like you as the owner hold 
kind of a gavel of like, I've got some power here. When I'm texting you, I'm serious about this compared mm-hmm. to somebody else in a way. So yeah. I don't think I'll ever let go of that. Yeah. And I think to your point, you just brought up, I think the opposite is happening to me right now where, um, because I am the one that handles all that, there is a, the, it's less serious if I do text them and, really? um, where it, it shouldn't be that way. It's like, this is a big deal, you know, like this needs to get done. So I think probably the next thing we need to do in our business is get a Becky, you know, somebody that does, um, keep, cause most, you know, 85% of our clients are, you know, are up to date, they're paid, usually no issues and you're always going to have some issues, but it shouldn't really be my job to keep track of all those. But then if, if something is past due, yeah, like 30 days or 45 days, it's like, and I do need to get on the horn and be like, Hey, where is this? I think that should be more of my position. And kind of like you said, um, as a business owner, if just like, if you need to jump on the horn and like round it up, you can do it still and you'll always be involved, but you, you're not necessarily like keeping your books and doing everything um, right. every day. Yeah. No, I feel like keeping your books and you constantly going over payables and billables, it can really stress a guy out. So I do yeah. think you have to kind of take a step back from it because it will kind of send you into a spiral of like, Oh fuck, I got this to pay this to pay this to pay. What do we have coming in this month? What do we have going out this month? You know? So it's, it's good to take a little step back, but I would say to not take your hands out of it. For right? sure. Because yeah. that is, you need your monthly income to support your business. And there shouldn't be anybody that knows your business better than you do. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm curious too, with, you know, as we're talking about, you know, business ownership and, and money, especially, I'm curious too, with like the communication behind that, like if somebody is, let's say in your business, 30 days past when it's supposed to be paid and you call them like, are there ever times where they just like will refuse to answer? Like you just can't get a hold of them. And then like, then what? Then you start showing up. Yeah. Like we'll show up to office spaces, you know, like, Hey, we're, let's have a conversation. Where is this? You know, they can't dodge you at their own home. You know, is is what my dad always used to say. I haven't gone to anybody's home yet, but like there are past you payments. Like that's part of construction, but I feel like if you keep good communication and if you do have to pay them a little late, knowing like the status of it is huge. Yeah. Like if some, if I'm, there's a couple of them, honestly, that were like 120 days out on, you know, and this was, this is, this is not the GC's fault. It's the owners paying them. It's like, Hey, we haven't gotten paid either. We do a paid upon paid. So it's, it's them communicating that with us. Like, Hey, just know this is where we're at with it. We haven't gotten an update. These are our next steps, but you know, and it's like, okay, Hey, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do other than start putting liens on things. You know, people will lean projects and that's just part of the industry as well. But I would say that's like a very, very last resort, because if you, if you are known to put liens on things after like a late payment, chances are people aren't really going to want to work with you because you have to have some understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, too, the communication kind of going back to that, it's a lot of times like it's totally okay as long as you communicate with me or as long as they communicate with you what the situation is. And if it makes sense, if it's just if it seems like they're blowing smoke and they actually do have the money, but they're paying off other things that are, in my eyes, less important, um, then you need to make sure that they know that this is very important. Um, Because, yeah, at the end of the day, too, you got to take care of you and you got to take care of your team. And your business needs to, to keep running in yeah. that sense, you know, as an owner, like, Hey, 
you owe me this. This isn't me like trying to get something from you. This is, this is what we had talked about. This is the expectation. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a slippery slope with the payment world, but yeah, it's, it's something that, yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, not everyone just pays on time every single time when it's due. And so, I mean, there's a few companies that'll pay probably quick, but no, never expect on time payments. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I think that's a good point, just like in your budgeting and in your business emergency fund and making sure you have money set aside and you're not looking at your receivables and saying like, oh yeah, we're good for next month because odds are a certain percentage of that is not going to come. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Looking at kind of some more of these here, um, you know, people expecting them or expecting you to give them your all when they have asked things. Reliability is huge, right? One thing that we saw this year, we would ask people to, you know, do these one-off projects like, Hey, we need you to go put this riser, fit this riser up, whatever. And we are counting on that person to get it done. Right. And if they don't get it done, it's just a huge slap in the face to us. Right. But then again, it kind of goes back to the expectation. Like, Oh, hey, you didn't get me your hours for payroll this year or this week. Sorry, that doesn't fly. Yeah. You know, so it's it's that expectation. And honestly, I, looking back, Cole and I put up with a lot of stuff that we probably shouldn't this year. Right. You know, going through the list again. All right, you dirtbags. We're going to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, Lambert Insurance Services. If you know Luke and I, you know we started this podcast to provide value to the construction industry. When we went to seek out an insurance company to work with, there's not a whole lot that are specific to the industry. And we really didn't want to work with a generalist agency. So we kind of put that on the back burner. Then we got to meet Sam Lambert. Sam is a fellow dirtbag himself. He's been in the industry for a long time, but he also started his insurance company in 2008, specifically for construction companies. So when we had that conversation, we knew that this would be the perfect match. Uh, So we started working with him and he's been incredible. He leads first. He wants to be a resource first and an insurance agency second. They can help with provide general liability, workers comp, commercial truck insurance, insurance for equipment, and so many more different avenues that he can provide coverage for. The great part about it is, you know, they're licensed in most states and they always quote through multiple companies. So that's how you know you can get a competitive rate. And even better, uh, Sam, he's the owner. He wanted to provide his cell number just so if you have any questions, specifically from the dirt bags, you can always text him, give him a call, ask to compare plans or just ask, you know, what his rates would be. And then he can help direct you to the right place or answer your question from there. His number is 385-204-5799. Or you can reach them at their website, which is lambert-ins.com. So reach out to him if you have any insurance questions. We're very excited about this partnership. Uh, Sam is an awesome guy and we're just excited to continue providing value for all you dirtbags. So Thank you, Lambert Insurance. Give them a text, shoot them a call, let them know that you're fans of the Dirtbags podcast. All right, you Dirtbags. Are you tired of tedious manual data collection and costly field studies in your quarry or sand and gravel operations? Let's talk about Vantage Point, the first quarry operation software crafted to meet the high demands of modern data-driven quarrying. Seamlessly connect all of your equipment data and access the crucial information you need instantly. Be the hero of your operation by boosting efficiency, 
exceeding your productivity goals, and bottom line revenue with VantagePoint. Discover why four of the top six aggregate material producers in the U.S. are using VantagePoint. Visit vantagepointquarry.com slash dirt to learn more. You know, knowing you can't make everyone happy and that's okay was a point that I added. We tried to people please hard at the beginning of the season because we're like, hey, we need good, solid people. If we're good to them, they're going to be good to us. No, that's how you get taken advantage of. Yeah. And, so, and we, we got taken advantage of hard at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think that's such a great point too. And and it comes in different ways too. It's not just your client. It's not just your team. It can come from, you come know, from people, anywhere. people too, just like asking for advice. Like a lot of times, you know, you always want to please people. You always want to give them your all, but sometimes like you just got to figure it out yourself or <laughs> sometimes like, yeah, a hundred percent. You you have to figure out your own process because other people's processes, you know, aren't going to work or other people's agendas or other people's like mentalities aren't going to align with yours. You know, you have to, you have to look out for yourself in the best way. Right. And you have to find the people that also kind of align that same mentality. Like, Hey, I'm here to grow. I'm here to learn. I got to look after myself, but I'm also here for the company as well. Those are the people you want to try to find. Yeah. And it's a really good point too, just because, um, you know, if somebody is looking for advice or reaching out and like, they can give you enough, but a lot of times it's, it's not apples to apples it, because their business is structured totally different or their costs are way different than your business. And so I think if you're asking somebody for advice, making sure you're asking the right question that makes sense. And that's more of a closed ended question that, um, it, I don't know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Especially in construction, like, I feel like it's very tough if you're asking how much you would bid a certain um, project, project because, yeah. because your costs are so different than theirs would be. But I don't know. I think that's an interesting topic to think on. Yeah. You can go many different ways with it, right? Are the way that I was thinking about it when I was texting was definitely more on the employee side, right? Yeah. We got, we got taken advantage of hard with the employees this year. Just, you know, we gave, we gave too much right away. Yep. And then that started to be an expectation, like right as soon as somebody was hired, I don't know why the fuck I did this, but looking back and this could go into like world's worst or like this year's worst of years and I's podcast, but we gave 12 yeah. days vacation soon as somebody started, you know, like, Hey, oh, wow. we understand like things happen. And that got abused hard because there was, there was a guy started out great, hard worker, declined quickly just attitude sucked you know fuck this fuck that you guys owe me and i remember he would he would like text us and say i'm not coming in today i'm taking a pto day oh man no i'm just not coming in i'm like well you can't really do that and so that was that was kind of like okay something's not going on or something's not right here and then it kind of there was kind of like a weird time where a lot of people's attitudes just sucked in the summer and it was because cole and i we look back at it. We did not set a clear enough expectation as far as what we expect. So going into okay. 2024, that is one of our biggest goals. Like, Hey, we're writing a full employee handbook. We are going to have a team meeting with everybody. Talk about all the issues that we had going to tell about how we are going to go about things, the repercussions, if they're not followed, yeah. you know, but that was, that was part of the growth. You know, we took a guy on in May 
and we took another guy on in June. And the guy that was taken on in May told the guy that we took on in June that this is not the same company that I was hired onto a month ago. We grew that fast through wow. the year, which is wild. But that's where those headaches come from. Dude, absolutely. And it starts from the top too, like you said, and it uh, setting the expectations, but also setting, you know, the consequences of like, you know, if these aren't met yep. and you need that too, and you need a little bit of that, a um, little bit of that fear, but also a little bit of that excitement of like, Hey, if we crush this, this is going to happen also. So like the high ceiling, but like the, the deep floor also. Yeah. You got to give them both ends of the spectrum, right? Here's the good. Here's the bad. Don't yeah, because if, if, if you only give them the good, they're like you said, it's gonna lead to entitlement and oh, they're yeah. just gonna expect so much, even when times aren't great. Um, yeah. but they need to see both, and you gotta learn how to weather the storm also when times aren't great, because not every single day is gonna be the best day ever, especially when you're working. Like there's gonna be a lot of suck with it. So just making sure that they've got the right attitude towards like what you guys are looking to accomplish as a company. Yeah. Rarely do you have a good day in construction and yeah. I'm not trying to sound negative with it, but there's always something that's going wrong. Dump trucks breaking, people not showing up, not meeting schedules, angry subcontractor, you know, whatever the case may be. So when you do have a good day, enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. Right. They, they come, they do come. Yeah. But they're rare, you know, and again, not trying to be negative with it. It's just the reality of things, you know, and reality is also a big, you know, topic too. kind of what you said, Luke is setting that expectation. You know, this is reality. This is, this is what it is. There's no bending that there's no turning it. This is, this is just the expectation. This is the reality of this certain instance in time, you know? Yeah. And you can kind of get away from that too. If you oversell, uh, especially on the employee side, if you're just telling them how great it is, how, you know, you're showing everything on social media and everything's always perfect. And, uh, you can really shoot yourself in the foot if you oversell and then, yeah, you get 12 days vacation right away, like, or unlimited PTO. I know some yeah. companies do that. And then, yeah, you're like eight months in and they're just totally disconnected. So I think you do need a lot of that, like, you know, harsh leadership yeah. showing the bad, but also showing like what we can accomplish together. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, being a leader is tough. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, I still have an experience and I'm looking forward to experiencing that. I'm going to be like, holy fuck, this is wild. I wouldn't imagine myself in this position. Like I remember going into the year, like right away. And we had Cole, our credit card payment came up or something. And it was like 150 grand is what we had to pay. And both Cole and I are like, we have to pay 150 fucking thousand dollars on a credit card. And we're looking at each other. We're like, what the fuck did we do? This was in like May. We're like, yeah. What did we spend this on? You know? And then slowly throughout the year, I think our highest credit card bill was like 600 grand. And looking wow. back at that 150, we're like, damn, that was nothing. I would take that back in a heartbeat right now. Yeah, dude. You know? So, damn. and you know, that kind of goes into another point too, of like the owner has to be the backbone of the company, yep. you know? you you are going to get repeatedly kicked in the balls but you have to tell people that you like it just to kind of set like that precedence like i don't care embrace the suck yeah you got to take a lot of shots and uh you gotta you gotta wear a lot of that right in the chest and so dude that's that is some of the good stuff that um sometimes the employees don't see and they you know they can punch out and go home and 
get their check on time and it's uh it's all good but you know we talk about this too i wouldn't have it any other way because because of the challenge like i love that and then also the ceiling too it's like you know wanting to build something that's much bigger than us mm -hmm. from the ground up yeah you know touching back on that too you as the owner you really can't tell your people everything right you can't be vulnerable with everything with them there are times where you have to maybe hide your struggles and put the business in front of you and put their needs in front of you know kind of what you're struggling with saying you know say say payroll comes out on a friday yeah and payroll's 55 grand but you have $35,000 in your account and it's thursday you as the owner cannot panic you as the owner have to figure it out but you also have to keep a level head to not panic in front of people because as soon as you panic, they panic. Yeah. As soon as they think, Oh, I'm working for a failed company. They're going to leave you, you know? So you do have to have some kind of mental toughness and situational awareness to read those. Yep. You know? Yeah. I, I love that because I think there are situations where you would want to share kind of where we're at as a company, but what else would you potentially not share to like your team and like, hold back oh dude like i think of cole and i were i'll i'll be completely honest on here i mean there was times where we were going into friday and we had six hundred thousand dollars worth of bills coming out on monday and we're like we have 150 grand in our account right now you know how the fuck are we gonna make this work but you as the owners you have to get on the horn hey i need to collect this invoice i've got this yeah. to pay for i've got this to pay for this is over you know invoices are supposed to be paid to us and it kind of goes back to you know you're never going to be paid on time but working with good people, a lot of the times they'll make it happen. I know Aaron Witt talked about this on one of his social media posts one time to where he ran out of money in an airport and he had to call Keaton Turner. And he's like, I ran out of money. Is there any way that you could pay this invoice early? And Keaton's like, yep, no problem. And he did, you know, you as the owner, you're going to be put in situations like that. So you want to work with good people and you got to be vulnerable sometimes. Dude, that's a great story. Um, it is a good story. I love that story. Oh man, that's awesome. It it's so cool too because if they didn't have a relationship, you'd be like, "Why are you calling me?" You know, 100%. or or Aaron probably wouldn't have called, honestly. Um, 100%. but when you do have that relationship and you do, it's it's so much bigger than just the service you're providing or the project you're completing. It's it's like, no, I I got you. And mm -hmm. and at the same time too, it's like it wasn't like he was asking Keaton to pay double. It's oh, like just, just hey, can you pay this invoice before I even send it? Type thing. Yeah, it's like got you done. Yeah, yeah. That happened. There was an instance on one of our projects here this year to where, you know, price increases were yep. constantly happening, and I remember our provider called us and said, "Hey, you know, you got to pay this invoice by tomorrow, otherwise your cost is going to go up on it." And I'm like, "You just can't fucking up it on us. Like we ordered this like a month ago. Like what the fuck?" Yeah. And I remember I had to call, it was the GC and they were, and the owner of the project basically. So that kind of helped at the same time. Call them. I said, Hey, here's the deal. I have to pay this bill by tomorrow. Otherwise that price goes up. And they're like, well, what the fuck Luke? Like why we haven't even done this yet. Like it, it should have been ordered. And I said, it is ordered, but for some reason they're going to mark it up for some reason. He's like, okay, wow. no problem. Let me see what I can do. Hour later, he calls me. He's like, I'll have a check for you tomorrow morning. Perfect really so, oh yeah dude and it's like good relationships like that where i'm just like thank you because again you know say we didn't have the money in the account to maybe front that 
you know, cause it was, it was utility based and we haven't done the utility basis, you know? So there's, there are instances like that and there, dude, your heart drops. There's been multiple times where Cole and I are like, what the fuck are we going to do? You know, but if you just, as an owner, you got to make it work. Yeah. So this brings up kind of a weird situation. I think we talked about it a few episodes ago, um, but it's like a situation where somebody calls you and it's not so much business related and it's like asking for money. Yeah. Like, where is that line? You know what I'm saying? That's completely different, right? Yeah. If you were, if you are on a project for somebody working for somebody and there's a good basis behind like, Hey, there's going to be a price increase in order to sure. save that money you know, that's going to have to be paid out anyway. Can we pay that early? You know, you could get a 50, 50 on that. I think if somebody comes and asks you for money, just based off of like, you know, their assumption of you're just killing it and you've got money to spare. Yeah. No, that's totally different. I would, I would probably block that person and be like, don't yeah. ever call me again. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And And that's exactly what the situation is too. And it's just like, um, you know, there's a friend, a family member, whoever, like just having that rule for myself, like we never loan out money. Like if it's a gift, that's totally different. Right. Yes. And so it's like, I want to give this no strings attached. You don't have to pay it back. Here's a thousand bucks or whatever it is. Um, but especially when somebody's like asking for it, but I, I totally see the difference too, where if it is a client or a project you're on and there, there is that story that makes sense and you're like yes like it will come early or something like that and you know i can definitely see that making sense but yeah i mean it, the line can get blurred for some people and then all of a sudden you know that's how you ruin relationships too and so i think that's another piece is not always being the one to like you gotta kind of have that hand up sometimes or that lifeline but yeah, yeah. not having that every single year and no. having it on repetition no. 100%. And that and that happens when you grow, right? You're yeah. you're you're going to be put in positions where yeah, you're going to have to test your relationships with your contractors, I'm sure, you know. But do I would say never lend people money unless you are a bank. Right? Like if they're just asking for money cuz they need money, that is completely different than asking to get paid on time or maybe a little bit early on invoices. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because you are not in control of that. Their answer is always no, unless you ask, right? But then it's up to whoever is the pay to say yes or no. And then, you know, plan B. Yeah. And I mean, same concept. I've Some of our contractors, you know, they asked if they could pay a little bit later or if they could pay our bill a little bit later. And it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, you just assess the situation and say like, yeah, no problem. Um, but if it's like a habit every single month where you don't get paid, then, you know, you do have to address a different situation. But yeah, if it's like a week because they're waiting on a payment here. Um, yeah. I mean, you just assess it differently every time. Correct. Correct. And it, it very situational based basically. So, but yeah. So I don't know if we want to get into it right now. Um, do we want to save this for a different rant, but the work-life balance? Oh, dude, that one's a good one. Um, because I feel like we're very different with this. We are very different. How how long are we into this podcast right now? What we, time we probably doing? should wrap this one up. Um, yeah, let's save that one for a different Because I feel one. like that yeah. one will be a really good one to start fresh with. And That's uh, a full episode between you and I. Yeah. So yeah. stay tuned for that one, talking all about work-life balance. And 
The great thing is, is I don't think there's going to be a right or wrong answer, but I think you and I differ quite a bit on this one. So it'll be fun to, to see. It'll be fun to dive in and kind of learn more about the other perspective. Yeah. I think we did a little bit on the dirt baguettes episode, um, but this will be, uh, yeah, this will be good. Absolutely. Well, that's our rant topic today. As the owner, it's hard. It's going to suck, but it's worth it. If you can, if you stay consistent, you know, as Andy Priscilla always says, only 1% stay consistent. The other fucking losers. (laughs) That's a quote. Dude. I love Andy. Yeah. I mean, staying consistent, a couple other things like from some books I've been reading too. staying consistent, um, keeping your why in the vision, but also like you got to make a profit. I think some people forget about that and they forget like, or they forget to pay their taxes and they're like, Oh, we don't have any money for profit. It's like, well, you got to know, you got to pay your taxes. You got to pay your people, got to pay for materials. And like, this isn't new stuff. You got to make sure there's money left over so you can keep growing as a company and you can pay yourself. And if you've been doing it for five years and you've never really made any money, um, it's time to take a deep look at your business and like potentially have somebody, a mentor, a coach, somebody come in and help you, or you got to try something else. Um, and I think that's just the harsh reality of it. I agree. I agree. But cool. Well, I think that's uh that's podcast, Mr. Luke. We will see you on the next one. Here's brother.